Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to The Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me as always, my good friend, Joshua Gray. Yay, hi. Notice I said that you're joining me as always, but I'm not always here. I know, because <laughs> I did the last podcast completely by myself, again. I know you did, and I, I really appreciate that, and guess what? Next week? I'm going to be all on my own again. I know. <laughs> you do I such know. a good job. I, that, I know, know, I know. I, I, I'm slightly professional. I, I kind of know what I'm doing. No good deed goes unpunished, Josh. <laughs> So we have today here with us two brand new guests. And I'm always excited when we have new guests because it always, you know, bring new topics to the conversation. And well, there's so much going on. Yeah, and we yeah. have to learn new things. Exactly. And now that we're kind of moving out of the, the realm of COVID, fingers crossed. Still a thing. Know, but, you know, we've got other things to talk about that are uh, important also. Yeah. And joining us for the first time, we have representatives from patient safety because it is patient safety week this week nice so and keeping patients safe is always a good thing one would say it might be one of the most important things especially for a hospital <laughs> yeah yeah so we have kathy kathy dimaggio and she is the program manager for patient safety and we have chief of quality safety and value antoinette preto sparkle welcome ladies thank you good morning Happy to have you here and happy to be talking about a topic that uh, we haven't addressed here yet. But I think for a lot of people, you know, the, the concept of patient safety sounds like something that's obvious, but maybe they don't understand what exactly patient safety does here at the VA. Right. Okay. Well, good, good question. What is patient safety and what do we do here? Our core functions uh, is JPSR. It's Joint Patient Safety Reporting. It's reporting uh, patient safety events. And it is a collaboration uh, between DOD, Department of Defense, and the VHA medical centers. All of us use a JPSR to report patient safety events. And it's not punitive. It's not about getting people in trouble. It's about systems and processes. How are we going to change the way we do work to prevent injury from happening? So when you say patient safety event, what exactly does that mean? Patient safety event, it could be a fall, patient fall. It could be a medication event. You know, you have to give it to the right patient, the right medication, the right dose, the right time, the right route. Uh, That's a lot. It's a complex industry that we work in. I've been in this industry for 20 plus years doing patient safety and risk management. It's very complex. I love working with everyone from housekeeping to ELT to doctors and nurses and pharmacists and physical therapists. It's a great job to work with everybody throughout the hospital, improving the way we do our work. So you mentioned a lot of different, you know, different services here at the hospital between, you know, the housekeeping and, you know, administration of medication. There's lots of different things that can affect patient safety and therefore negatively, you know, impact it in cases of, of safety events. Um, How do you express to all of those different employees and all the people who do different things in this hospital how important patient safety is? Well, they are our subject matter experts. Uh, They are the eyes and ears of patient safety. We cannot have an excellent, outstanding patient safety program without all of our subject matter experts. 
And I'm glad you brought up the word about negativity uh, because we are working on our culture of safety and we want to be proactive and positive. I've been in this profession long enough uh, to see a, a wonderful change in the industry, both private sector and here at the VA. Used to, uh, Sentinel Event, Sentinel Event was a medical error that caused injury to our patients, and we had to do an RCA. And I started that back in the 1990s when it was first started by Joint Commission, and that's what we did for the longest time. If a patient was injured, we did a root cause analysis, and I can explain what that is later. But now, uh, we have advanced and we're more proactive. Uh, we don't wait until a patient's injured to actually uh, do an RCA. We do them on what's called close calls, those medical errors that don't reach the patient, but they are reported so that we can change our system and the way we do our work to prevent injury. And that's why I am so proud to be part of the healthcare system today in patient safety. You mentioned creating a culture of safety. Um, you know, I don't work, obviously we, we work in the, the public relations side, so we don't necessarily uh, do that, but we see some of the training and stuff that's online and you know, there's always kind of a, a it's kind of a drag sometimes. So how do you go about creating that, that culture of safety in, inside of a facility like well, this? Well, it's uh, team communication and uh, thank you for that question because we are on our high reliability journey and I emphasize journey, it's not a destination. We are always improving, making better uh, so we protect our patients and our bottom line is zero harm to our patients. How do we create culture of safety? Do a lot of education and training, uh, educate in NEO, new employee orientation, new supervisor orientation, also nursing, new employee orientation. And we also uh, have our champions. We have patient safety, high reliability champions. One person, at least one person from every area in the hospital. And we meet once a month on Wednesdays, the second Wednesday of the month at one o'clock. And we welcome anybody and everyone to join us uh, at that time. All they have to do is let their manager know and let us know on patient safety to send them the invite. And that's how we get the word out to uh, be proactive, be sensitive to operations, preoccupation with failure. Please, everyone, report near misses and close calls. Don't wait for the patient to be injured before you report an issue. Now, you said that's, that's open for everyone. That's all VA staff members, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Now, this week, of course, being Patient Safety Week, we've seen a lot of stuff with Lucky the Leprechaun going on. Uh, explain a little bit about that and how you guys are building the culture of safety with, uh, with Patient Safety Week. So, in order to encourage staff to get involved, um, we want to do some kind of fun activities to kind of raise awareness. And so, Lucky the Leprechaun um, was something, it wasn't exactly lucky, it was, a, it was um, I forgot what we call it, Rudy the Reindeer. So we did, I, in my past, previous life, we've done an activity, Rudy the Reindeer, and the same kind of concept. And we kind of changed it to Lucky the Leprechaun to, to be a part of Patient Safety Week. But essentially what it is, is Lucky is kind of assigned um, different areas in the hospital, um, clinical areas, and then um, each day there are um, certain events that occur and um, the staff are asked to critique how Lucky manages those situations and what happens to identify opportunities to improve care. 
And so it's supposed to be a fun activity um, that um, we do with the staff, and anybody can participate. It's not just clinical people. You know, it could be anybody that identifies an issue with the way Lucky is performing. And, um, and we do something, you know, it's a fun activity, and then we enter those staff that participate into a raffle, and, um, and, and so they're eligible to, to uh, be... Um, to get a gift basket you know we're gonna do something fun and and uh and really want to encourage the staff to participate so um so is lucky there as like a cautionary tale like don't do what lucky's doing don't or? do what lucky's doing <laughs> okay. so lucky is not doing many things correctly so we want to um yeah so this don't do what lucky does exactly so and and we, what we do is we kind of look at you know what are those what are those behaviors we want to encourage and lucky does the opposite so you have to identify like that's not what we should be doing we should be doing this based on um, patient safety goals and different things that uh, things based on policies and procedures that we have in the hospital so lucky doesn't do what we want people to do and so um, so it's supposed to like raise awareness Okay, how much uh, how much more invested do you find staff members being in some in education when you kind of kind of turn it into a fun activity or kind of gamify it a little bit? Well, it's kind of been an evolution here. This is probably what I've almost been here five years now, um, and this is so the, the fifth time we're doing Lucky, and each year we have a little bit more participation. Um, I would say it's still not where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that I think people are kind of thinking, okay, we're doing this and this is supposed to be fun, right? And we, we want you to participate. So each year it gets better. And I think that's part of the journey to being a high reliability organization where people embrace um, the culture and understand that we're not uh, placing blame um, or making people feel bad if they make a mistake. Uh, that they are, um, you know, we value their opinions and want them to be part of the process. Sure. And, of course, we want to try to, you know, train people to, to practice like we play. So if they're, you know, if they're doing these things and looking for these things in a game, you know, hopefully they'll be able to, you know, look for those same things and, you know, try to correct those actions in a real-world situation. Right, right. Um, oh, and it's also a lot easier to call out Lucky than it is to, <laughs> than it is to call out one of your coworkers, sure. right? Yeah. You know, if you, if you make it into something where it's a fictional character, you can be like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's obvious. But, you right. know, if it's if it's your, your buddy, you'd be like, hey, man, don't do that. Like, and, and you right. just let it go. Right. right? So yeah. if we can't speak up for Lucky, then then we question, like, are staff going to speak up in the real situation? Mm-hmm. Right. So. That's why each year we, we start started to see more participation, but we we aren't exactly where we need to be quite yet. But um, just to kind of take a step back and, and this is, um, uh, you know, what is our mission really to provide, uh, to achieve zero harm in, a, in, in an unmatched experience, but why, why is our goal zero harm? So even if we were 99.9% right, most of the, you know, all of the time, 99.9%, uh, that would still give us 20,000 wrong drug prescriptions every year, uh, 500 incorrect surgical operations a month, and 50 newborn babies dropped by a doctor every day. Those are some of the statistics. So if we accept anything less than a goal of zero harm, then we're accepting that harm will continue to reach the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not a it's a journey. It's not an endpoint, right? I mean, this is like a every day. Every day we need to. Um, 
uh, focus on this. Sure. And, I mean, and that's something that's central to the core of healthcare. You know, the Hippocratic right. Oath is do no harm. And, right. you know, to anybody who's, a, you know, a doctor or a practitioner, you know, has had to go through that process, we all know that. But I think, like you had explained before, trying to express those same values and those same core elements of responsibility to everyone who works in the hospital and, you know, probably not even just people who work in the hospital. I mean, for our volunteers and really for anybody who sees something wrong, you know, to, to speak right. up and say something. Right. And this is not, I mean, in order for us to be successful, you know, healthcare is a team sport. It's not, it's not just the clinical people and then the other people, right? It's everyone. Everything has to be seamless, so to say, mm -hmm. from the time I enter the facility to the time I leave the facility and how many people touch that veteran in uh, in their experience so so you know with all that in mind how do you conduct training and education when there's such a small tolerance for for error like that when you you know when your goal is to make it a hundred percent you know is it just practice makes perfect or how do you go about like enforcing that well, it's an everyday uh, occurrence. Uh, you know, we have our morning huddles. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the director huddle at uh, 9.15 where all the service chiefs, and now it's open to everyone, uh, all employees here at the hospital. Uh, it's about team communication. And, and to, to mention that, uh, the key word here is team communication. Uh, Joint Commission has been involved in air prevention for over 20 years. And they started uh, RCA process uh, in the 1990s. And it, it's about team communication. If you go to Joint Commission website and you look at the RCAs, the top frequent root cause for errors is team communication. And that's what uh, we're all about. And high reliability is going to be starting some clinical team training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's all about training at frontline staff, supervisors, managers, service line chiefs on how to better communicate within their unit and across all units here at the hospital. Yeah, that building the high reliability is something that we've you know really been enforcing over the last couple of years and really trying to strengthen here at the hospital. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about, more about that and other uh, patient safety values in a second, but we're going to take a quick break here on the Nine Line Podcast. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy so we don't miss out on what matters. Like that family movie night your daughter can't live without. <coughs> yeah, can't do that. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now, no one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. 
Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to The Nine Line Podcast. John and Josh here, joined by Kathy and Antoinette. And we are talking about patient safety this week because it is Patient Safety Week. Um, now, with you know, some of the celebrations you guys have done for uh, Patient Safety Week with Lucky the Leprechaun, um, you know, we've seen a lot of people wearing these T-shirts that say "Stop the Line." Um, you know, is this a, a new fashion trend that we're going around? You know, trying to make happen, or is this a uh, this is a more meaning behind? Yes, Stop the that's line? a. a- Team communication. Okay. It's uh, one way teams can communicate with each other. If anybody sees something that they're concerned might harm the patient, the keyword stop the line. All team members know they need to stop and listen. What did they see? What are they concerned about? And what do they want to happen to keep things safe? Okay. So I don't have to go rush out to... uh one of the whatever the the fashion street is here in uh, Las Vegas, and pick up a stop the line shirt. <laughs> no, but you can contact patient safety, and we can get get awesome. one ordered for you. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to that process, um, when when I was in the Air Force, we would always have an issue where you might get some new airmen out of technical training, and they know all this stuff, right? Because they've had it drilled into them there, and then they get out to their unit, and um, they're, they're paired up with somebody who's experienced that maybe knows the tips and tricks, but isn't necessarily following kind of the, the, what the technical orders step by step by step by step. And, and there was always sometimes this culture of, well, who am I going to go and tell the sergeant what to do? Right. I'm just a, a young airman. It, it, do you see anything like that here in the VA or, or where there's maybe a, a power imbalance sometimes and that may prevent somebody from wanting to speak up? Or, or And how do you combat that? How do you get people to encourage to find their voice no matter what their position is or where they fit in the hierarchy here in, here in the facility? Well, uh, we want to make sure that people feel comfortable. Not all the time do they feel comfortable. That's part of our culture of safety that we're working on. And we do talk about it in new employee orientation, new supervisor orientation, and also our champion group that meets once a month. And the big message is uh, Stop the Line is a communication tool. And just because you use it doesn't mean you're always going to be right. That's not the point. It's not about whether you're right or wrong. The point is team communication and dialogue. Now, what we can expect is a debriefing. After the episode, the team comes together and talks about what happened and what could be done better and what went well. What can we learn from it? We're a learning organization. So is that just an informal process then? Like if you see something and, you know, if if there's four people and they, they stop the line, and they come together afterwards and they talk about it. Is that is that where that stops or does that elevate? Like, is there more of a, a formal process after that? Like, what's the threshold for whether you get involved or, or somebody else gets involved or if it's just managed there at the, at the local team level? Well, both. It can be managed at the local level. It also could include escalation. And that's what clinical team training, our high reliability, is going to be all about, is improving that communication. So what are some of the most like, common events that you see or common 
um, injuries, things that we need to make sure we're keeping out an eye out for? Well, uh, common injuries, uh, it's industry-wide, whether it's private sector or here at the VA or uh, Department of Defense, uh, but falls with injury. So we have a very strong, proactive fall prevention committee headed up by inpatient nursing, um, but it's a multidisciplinary team. It includes our OSHA safety, uh, and we, it includes physical therapy, it includes nurses, it includes a whole uh, cadre of uh, disciplines to prevent falls. It also, uh, we also have housekeeping involved as well. Uh, another uh, type of injury that could occur, uh, suicide prevention. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we address uh, and are preoccupied with the suicide prevention. And then another one is fires. It could be a fire in the OR. It could be a patient on home oxygen therapy and smoking. And we need to make sure that we train our, our veterans uh, about uh, not combining the two and then keeping tabs on them so, so we do prevent those fires. Do you, is there anything that's that's unique to the VA uh, that you see? Because, I mean, we do have generally a, a patient base that is generally older. Uh, most of them, they've all seen military service, and the military can be very, very hard on your body, um, even more so if you've seen combat. Um, so we do have a bit of a different um, a patient base than what your normal facility out in the community would have. So is there anything that, that you see that's more veteran-focused? And if, if not, then that's okay, too. No, I don't. Mm -mm. Yeah, I a think patient is a patient, whether you're a veteran or not. Uh, I, I love working here, serving the veterans, and that's why I'm glad I came from the private sector to take what I learned there and uh, come here and learn more and be able to improve patient safety here at, at for the veterans. But if you're, if you're a patient, whether you're a veteran or not, it's all about patient safety and keeping zero harm. I think what you brought up earlier was interesting about um, you know keeping an eye out with suicide prevention, because you know falls that's you know while some falls are you know difficult to prevent you know if you see a you know a puddle of water or something on the floor obviously you can you can look at that recognize that could be a hazard, and you address it. Uh, but something like suicide prevention, there's a lot more you know trying to recognize signs in the in a patient. Um, you know, how is that something that you can kind of train people for? Well, that's why we have uh, suicide prevention coordinators, and we tap into that subject matter expert uh, to, to have training programs for that. But please don't belittle falls, uh, because uh, if you ignore liquid on the floor, a slip, trip, fall, that could be a hip fracture. A patient could get surgery, could die from a pulmonary embolism from surgery. So uh, I know falls sometimes can be minimized, but uh, has terrible mm -hmm. consequences for not only the patient, but the family member who's the caregiver for that patient. Oh, sure. It I could be six months to a year to recuperate from a fall. Oh, I, I wasn't, yeah. didn't mean to, to belittle or, or minimize the <laughs> yeah. effect of it. I just uh -huh. mean that from a sense of, you know, any common person walking down the hall may see a, a puddle. Uh -huh. And any, anyone with common sense can recognize that yeah. being. I, I just mean that, you know, recognizing the signs of suicide or... You know, suicidal ideation that might be a little bit more difficult and require a little bit more training to, I, I have to, to agree with that a little bit more training uh, for suicide prevention and that's why we would rely on behavioral health and suicide prevention coordinators but you know, that's a great example though of why you know our housekeeping serves such a, a critical role in here in our hospital and we talked about it during COVID about how mm -hmm. you know they they were on the front lines of you know preventing infection and things like that but they're also there on the front lines maintaining patient safety 
So it's not just for the cleanliness and it's not just for sanitation purposes, it's also for patient safety. Exactly, and it's just like Antoinette said, it takes everyone, it takes a village, it takes a team, it takes clinical and non-clinical to keep our patients safe. And one question I have about um, value. So we, we use the word value when we talk about you know, a lot of things in this hospital, but also in patient safety. How do we maximize value when it comes to patient safety? So I would say, you know, giving the right care to the right patient at the right time. And, um, and how do we get there? You know, we, we are um, high reliability, maybe a term that veterans are going to start to hear more and more. And really, that provides a pathway for us to get to zero harm. Um, but keep in mind, zero harm does not mean zero mistakes. It means that we are able to mitigate those mistakes so we don't we prevent harm. And so that is, um, that's how we provide the value um, to, to our patients. You, know, you talked a lot about team communication in, in uh, confronting patient safety and making sure that we, we do as little harm as trying to get to zero harm. Um, but there's another person involved in that communication chain also, and, that, and that's the veteran. Uh, what are some of their avenues that if they see something and they, wanted, they want to be a part of this process, um, uh, what are their avenues to, to, to talk to somebody about? Oh, they can talk with their providers. They can talk with their nurse. They can talk with their uh, uh, certified nurse assistant, uh, with, uh, uh, also with the doctors. They have all kinds of communication uh, opportunities. So, for example, um, if a patient uh, sees uh, someone coming into their room and uh, that person ha did not wash their hands, uh, they have a right to ask that person to wash their hands. And uh, if they don't, then they could escalate it to uh, their nurse uh, or their charge nurse as well. And then we do have a really uh, proactive patient advocate uh, program here to advocate for patients in the event they feel like they're not being listened to. That's something we really want to make sure we stress is the importance of going through those channels for, for patient advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you, when you do have issues like that, I mean, they can be handled right there, you know, on the, on the, on the front lines here within the, v, the VA Southern Nevada healthcare system. And there's no need to, you know, create a lengthy process in which to address some of those things. I'd rather get it done, corrected right now. Why wait? Mm -hmm. Well, ladies, I want to thank you both very much for joining us today. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about with patient safety? I don't think so. I think you covered uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ground, and um, if anybody ever has any questions, they could always reach out to us too. We're we're here to serve veterans and to provide the best care possible. So, okay. well, thank you very much, and uh, we, you know it's very educational for us as well because you know now we now we know to uh, make sure we correct Lucky the Leprechaun if we see him wrong. <laughs> yes, and please participate. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And uh, Josh, thank you. And good luck on the podcast next week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.